0: Um, our scripture this morning is from Acts chapter 4. I'm really excited to read to you from this scripture, Acts 4, verses 23 through 31. Hechos 4, de 23 al 31, is el texto de hoy. Up on the screen you'll find uh, there's a page number there. That's tied to those Bibles in, in the back, so you can uh, use that as a guide to help you find it. Uh, Hechos, uh, 4, Ahí está la página indicada. Esa página se conecta con las Biblias. De atrás. As you're getting there, I, I want to explain, I'm going to read this in English first, and then I'll read it in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés. We need to open up whenever God's word is opened up. And so this is my invitation for you this morning that we're opening our eyes to read this, but let's open our ears to hear it, and let's open our spirit to take it in. So we're opening up to the word of God right now. I hope you can do that. Abramos el oído, los ojos y también el corazón a la palabra de Dios. This is what it says. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed (coughs) They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God, boldly. Al quedar libres, Pedro y Juan volvieron a los suyos y les relataron todo lo que les habían dicho los jefes de los sacerdotes y los ancianos. Cuando lo oyeron, alzaron unánimes la voz en oración a Dios. Soberano Señor, creador del cielo y de la tierra, del mar y de todo lo que hay en ellos, Tú, por medio del Espíritu Santo, dijiste en labios de nuestro padre David, tu siervo, por qué se sublevan las naciones y en vano conspiran los pueblos los reyes de la tierra se rebelan y los gobernantes se confabulan contra el señor y contra su ungido en efecto en esta ciudad se reunieron Herodes y Poncio Pilato con todos los gentiles y con el pueblo de Israel contra tu santo siervo Jesús a quien ungiste para hacer lo que de antemano tu poder y tu voluntad habían determinado que sucediera ahora señor Toma en cuenta sus amenazas y concede a tus siervos el proclamar tu palabra sin temor alguno. Por eso extiende tu mano para sanar y hacer señales y prodigios mediante el nombre de tu santo siervo Jesús. Después de haber orado, tembló el lugar en que estaban reunidos. Todos fueron llenos del Espíritu Santo y proclamaban la palabra de Dios sin temor alguno. So it's been called the Graveyard of the Atlantic Ocean, the Graveyard of the Atlantic Ocean. It's says Cementerio del Atlantico. What I'm talking about is a region off the coast of the United States, off the coast of Cape Hatteras, North Carolina is a part of the ocean the in Carolina del Norte. It's a very particular region because you see as I understand it, there are warm salty currents of ocean water that come up from the south. They come up from the Gulf of Mexico. Hay una corriente de agua salada y cálida del Golfo de México del sur. But that warm salty current collides with another current that's coming from the north, ice cold fresh water. Coming from the Arctic and from the North Atlantic, hay agua fresca y helada que viene del norte. And when those currents collide, it churns up amazingly huge waves, up to 20 foot waves that pound ships that pass through that region. And many times sink those ships. 10 And so, in that area, there are all kinds of shipwrecks at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, in that graveyard, But you see there's something else going on underneath the surface, because this is not only... A graveyard, ironically, this is a place of incredible life. También es un lugar de mucha vida. Why? Because where this current collides, uh, nutrients inside, uh, below the surface, get stirred up. Se agitan muchos nutrientes en el océano. And that feeds plankton. And plankton are the food of whales and fish and dolphins and all kinds of marine life. And so this, this place is just teeming with all kinds of marine life. It's, it's incredible. It's a graveyard. But it's also a garden. jardín de vida. And it's all happening where the currents collide. Donde las se now I, I share that with you because I want you to have in mind that particular image this morning as we look at our scripture today from Acts chapter 4. Tengan en mente esta <coughs> because in Acts chapter 4 what we're really reading about here is a situation where there are two massive currents colliding. Uh, there's the current you could call it the ice-cold current of the religious establishment, the religious leaders of the Jewish people, the same ones who put Jesus on the cross and crucified him. La corriente fría de los religiosos que crucificaron a Jesús. And then there's the other current. You could call it the warm, salty current of the early church, of the first Christians, a la corriente de la primera iglesia. And these currents are colliding. Now to explain a little bit, I want to go back one chapter to kind of give you the context. In Acts chapter three, we find two leaders from the church, Peter and John, and they're on their way to the temple to worship. They're on their way to the temple to pray, Juan." And at the temple gate, they see a man, a lame man, who is begging, "I am cojo que está mendigando ahí and this man, uh, as a beggar, is asking for money. He wants money from them. be pide dinero. Peter and John don't have money. But they do give something. They say, Well, tell you what, we don't have money, but here's what we can give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. No tenemos dinero, dicen. Jesús Nazareth, levántate y camina. And the man does. The power of God stretches out and heals this man. He stands up, he walks. And as you can imagine, a pretty big crowd starts to gather. Se congrega una multitud, and everybody's going crazy. And Peter and John, in that moment, get up on their soapbox, and they begin to preach. Empiezan a predicar, Pedro y Juan. They say, you know what? We didn't do this act of kindness. Jesus did. Jesus, the one you guys killed. Remember him? God raised him from the dead. He's done this. No hicimos este acto de bondad. Lo hizo Jesús, quien ustedes crucificaron. Dios lo levantó de los muertos. It's bold. It's in-your-face preaching. And, of course, it gets the attention of those religious leaders. They arrest Peter and John. So, arrestado, Pedro y Juan. They bring them before the Jewish council. And they say, okay, what are you doing here? And they they say basically the same thing. Look, you know, if you're going to ask us what's going on here, we didn't do this. This was done by Jesus. You know, the guy you guys crucified. But God raised him from the dead. No hicimos esto, dicen a los religiosos. Jesus lo hizo. And then in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, they say something astounding. They say to these leaders, salvation is found nowhere else in the world. There's no other name by which you can be saved but the name of Jesus. No hay salvación en ningún otro, en ningún otro nombre menos Jesús. <coughs> and then in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says when these leaders saw the courage, the Boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Los gobernantes, al ver la osadía con que hablaban Pedro y Juan, al darse cuenta de que eran gente sin estudios, ni preparación quedaron asombrados y reconocieron que habían estado con Jesús. They're just blown away. They don't know what to do. No saben qué hacer. And so basically the only thing they say is, well, stop it. Don't do that anymore. Stop talking about Jesus. Que no hablen de Jesús más. Dejen de hacer eso, dicen. In Acts 4.19, Peter and John say, well, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Judge for yourselves whether it's right for us to obey you instead of obeying God. Es justo delante de Dios, obedecerlos a ustedes en vez de a Dios. We can't help but speaking about this. We're going to keep speaking about this. No podemos hacer ninguna otra cosa sino hablar de esto. And so they let them go. They don't know what else to do with them. Los sueltan. And that's where we pick up our story that we just read. So Peter and John, they've been let go. They come back, and they gather together the church. Pedro y Juan congregan la iglesia, and they tell them what's happened. Relatan lo que han pasado. And what is the church's reaction? ¿Cómo reacciona la iglesia? Do they say, oh, no? Oh, dear, we're in trouble now. We better tone it down. We better, you know, we better do what they say. You know, after all, you're supposed to respect authorities and whatnot. Uh, ¿Debemos calmar la cosa? A lo mejor no podemos hablar en Jesús. No, they don't say that. Instead, they start praying. Se And what we have here in Acts chapter 4 is an amazing prayer from the early Christians. And basically, this prayer consists of two major parts. Hay dos partes principales de esta oración. In the first part, they're basically saying, Lord, you are in control. In fact, they say, sovereign Lord. Sovereign means you're in control. You're over it all. Señor, eres soberano. Estás en control. You've made everything. you made the heaven, the earth, the sea. You've made it all and not only that you know everything before it even happens tú sabes todo de antemano and god you're so wise and so in control hundreds of years ago you predicted that this would happen through king david your servant has predicho esto por medio de david tu siervo and then they quote from the bible they quote from psalm number 2 written centuries before cita el salmo 2 escrito siglos antes and that's in verse 25 you said through David, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? ¿Por qué se sublevan las naciones? ¿En vano conspiran los pueblos? The kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Los reyes de la tierra se rebelan, los gobernantes se confabulan contra el Señor y contra su ungido. And basically say, God, you, you nailed it on the head. That's exactly what's happening. Herod the king of the jews pilate the ruler of the gentiles they got together and they conspired against the lord against your anointed one anointed means christ you, you know what happened they conspired against jesus and they crucified him de los judíos y pilato de los gentiles se confabularon contra de cristo jesus that's what happened you called it god you predicted, God, that this current would be out there and that this current would be coming against us. Predijiste esta corriente en nuestra contra. And then in part two of the, of the prayer, they're basically saying, now, God, since you know this current is against us, put us in the flow of your current. Ponnos en tu corriente, Señor. Verse 29 They say, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Toma en cuenta sus amenazas, concede tus siervos proclamar tu palabra sin temor alguno. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Extiende tu mano para hacer señales y prodigios mediante el nombre de tu santo siervo what they're saying is God this current that's coming against us is really powerful esta corriente es poderosa Señor en nuestra contra but God your current is all powerful your current is bigger and better tu corriente es todo poderosa so Lord put us in the flow of your current Put us in the flow so that we can speak out. And by speaking out, Jesus is speaking out. Put us in the flow so we can act boldly and we'll see miraculous things happen, great things happen, but it won't be us. It'll be Jesus. It'll all be in his holy name. Ponnos en el fluido de tu corriente para que hablemos y para que actuemos sin temor alguno. Help us to be bold. And what's the result? ¿Cuál es resultado? Verse 31 after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly después de haber orado tembló el lugar en que estaban reunidos y todos fueron llenos del Espíritu Santo y proclamaban la palabra de Dios sin temor alguno, do you notice there's a word that keeps cropping up here boldly boldness sin temor alguno that word is actually a word that you can trace all through the book of Acts. And not only the word, but the, the idea, the reality of it. Es un tema a lo largo del libro de hechos. Go back to Acts chapter 2, Peter at Pentecost and the apostles at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes down on the, on the 12 apostles and they stand up and they speak out the message of Jesus. How with boldness... And 3,000 people come to Jesus Christ, and the church is off with a bang. Pentecostés alguno la de Dios la iglesia." And then what we saw just a couple minutes ago, in Acts 4:13, the leaders look at Peter and John, they see their courage, they see their boldness, and they're not quite sure what to do with it. "Ven la osadía con que hablan Pedro Juan." And then here in this prayer. What do they pray for? They pray for boldness to speak, boldness to act. y actuar sin temor alguno. And you can see this all through the book of Acts. Wherever the Holy Spirit is at work, you will see boldness in the lives of the people that are being affected. In fact, the very last verse of the book of Acts if you go all the way to the very end, el último versículo, Acts 28, 31, it talks about the early church leader Paul being in Rome for two years. Pablo está en Roma dos años, dice, and it says this, boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. He predicaba el reino de Dios enseñaba acerca del Señor Jesucristo sin impedimento y sin temor. You see a pattern? Boldness. Boldness means freedom. No obstacles. No hindrances. Hay libertad. No hay ningún obstáculo. The story of the early Christians is the story of a community of people who bucked the prevailing currents of their day and age, the currents of opposition that came against them. They bucked that current and they were able to speak and act with boldness through the Holy Spirit. Los primeros cristianos resistían la corriente de oposición para hablar y actuar con osadía sin temor alguno en el Espíritu Santo. And how were they able to get this boldness? Where did this boldness come from? It came through constant, consistent prayer. Por medio de la oración constante y consistente. <coughs> And that brings us to what Tony mentioned earlier. Last week we began talking about sunrise family values. The spiritual habits, the biblical principles that we laid out 20 years ago when we, when we began this ministry called Sunrise Community Church. We talked about the first one last week. And this is the second sunrise family value that's being articulated here. Vemos aquí el segundo valor de la familia amanecer. Spirit-filled prayer is our first ministry priority. Spirit-filled prayer is our first ministry priority. La oración llena del Espíritu Santo es nuestra primera prioridad en el ministerio. What that's talking about is that in order for us as a church to not just survive but to thrive in what God has for us to do, we are called to be like the first Christians. We're called to make Spirit-filled prayer our first priority. Debemos ser como los primeros cristianos y hacer la oración en Espíritu, nuestra prioridad. Because to pray, you see, is to place ourselves in the flow, in the current of what the Holy Spirit of God is doing. It's not us doing it. We're just swept along in the current. We're gonna put ourselves in that current. Es meternos en la corriente del Espíritu Santo so that we can buck the other currents that are swirling around us in our world. Queremos resistir las otras corrientes. And when you think about it, we really only have two choices. We can buck the current that comes against us in this world, or we can be carried on downstream by it and allow it to just sweep us away. Podemos enfrentar y resistir la corriente, o que se nos lleva la corriente de este mundo. Those are really the only two choices. Back in November, uh, just a few months ago, I don't know if you were here, but if you were, you may remember me talking about the fact of our day and age, where we are today. In our world, we are swimming in a secular ocean. I don't know if you understand that, but certainly become more aware. I have become more aware of that. Estamos nadando en un océano secular. We're living in a world. If you if you open your eyes and look around you, there are all kinds of currents swirling around in our world today. Currents of skepticism. There's so much skepticism out there. Currents of unbelief. People don't believe in God the way they used to. There's currents of doubt. There's currents of immorality. There's currents of, of actually mocking the things of God. If you pay attention to the news, there's a lot of mocking going on of the things of God. Hay corrientes de incredulidad, escepticismo, burlarse de las cosas de Dios. That's all around us. And I said a couple months ago that oftentimes we're not even aware of it. We're living... In a cemetery. We're living in a cemetery and like fish that swim in the ocean, many times we are all wet with this stuff and we don't even realize it. Do you think a fish in the ocean thinks it's wet? Of course not. It's just swimming and doing what it does. Just like you don't know you're dry, do you? There's air all around you, but we don't think about We're, we're surrounded by this stuff. Estamos rodeados de estas cosas como peces en el mar. Ni saben que están mojados. No sabemos que estamos mojados por esto. And so, we need to understand that current. But here's the thing. There's another invisible current out there. It's called the kingdom of God. God's will God's ways, God's purposes, God's plan, God's power, God's reality is more real than the currents that we think are real. La realidad del reino de Dios es la otra corriente que está a nuestro alrededor, los planes, los propósitos de Dios. That's the current we need to become awake to. And what we're talking about here is an invitation from Jesus Christ. The Christian life is really an invitation from Jesus for his people to become like, get this, we're called to become spiritual salmon. We're called to swim upstream against the prevailing currents, the rapids of our world that come against us. And we're called to get caught up in the current of what we cannot see, the current of the Holy Spirit of God, who is, by the way, Jesus represented with us. The Holy Spirit, the third person, is Jesus with us, just as Jesus was the Father with us. The three work together, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Debemos ser como salmones nadando en contra de la corriente de este mundo en la corriente del And what we're talking about then is learning how to live in a different way so that we're speaking and acting according to the flow of God's purposes. How do we do that? Where do we begin? It starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. Ay que In Ephesians chapter 6, we find a great chapter that talks about the war that we are in, a spiritual battle, and the armor of God. Ephesians 6 habla de la armadura de Dios, la batalla espiritual. But at the end of that section in Ephesians 6 18, the early church leader Paul talks about this, and he says this He says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. la oracion Santos. Pray. Be in the flow of what God's Spirit wants all the time. Be immersed in prayer. And then it's interesting. Right after that, what does he say in the next verse? He says. Pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given so that I will fearlessly, boldly make known the mystery of the gospel, the reality of Jesus. Oren por mí para que cuando hable Dios me dé palabras para dar a conocer con valor, con osadía, sin temor alguno, el misterio del evangelio. See what that's saying? Those things are connected. Prayer in the Spirit. Prayer that submits to the Holy Spirit of God, to Jesus Christ, doing his work, puts us in his flow so that we can speak boldly and not be afraid of what people will think of us. Now, boldly doesn't mean speaking roughly. All right, I'm speaking a little rough there. Sorry about that. (laughs) Boldly doesn't always mean speaking roughly but it does mean sometimes speaking out, speaking with grace and truth, as we talked about last week. So that's what we're talking about. But it's not just speaking, though it is that, it's also acting. They said, stretch out your hand, God, to do miraculous signs and wonders. That means that we, as we step out, as we act boldly, as we take steps of faith, as we seek to show radical love to a world that has no idea what love is, as we seek to show caring for people and kindness to people, Jesus will step in that gap and he can do things way beyond you and me. Miracles. Great things. Es actuar también con, con bondad, con amor radical a las personas para que en esa brecha... Venga Jesús a hacer milagros. That's what we're talking about. So, to do this, we need to pray. qué orar? The Holy Spirit is going to inspire bold words and courageous actions through people who simply submit to him in prayer. El Espíritu Santo inspira acciones y palabras sin temor alguno a los que se someten a él en oración. So now this brings up the all-important question. Tony talked about it earlier. How do we learn how to pray? Como aprender ahora? Well, you don't learn how to pray from listening to a message, though that's part of what we're doing here, right? But that's not where you learn how to pray. No, No se aprende de un mensaje. You don't learn how to pray from a book Though the Bible gives us that, gives us lots of light, the most important book. You don't learn how to pray from a YouTube video. I can fix my car with a YouTube video, but I don't learn how to pray from a YouTube video. It doesn't work. No se aprende de, del video. How do we learn how to pray? We learn how to pray by praying. By praying. Like Tony said, it's not about how many words you use. It's not about whether you're polished or not. It's just interacting, placing yourself in the flow of the Holy Spirit of, of God. And so it's with that in mind that this morning what I'd like to invite you to share in with me is a time over the next three weeks of concentrated, focused Prayer, and that we would pray together. I want to call us to a 21 days of prayer, beginning today to February 10. Quiero a un, dia, a un periodo de días de oración. We, we've been a church for 20 years. I'm asking for 21 days where we would specifically be focusing our prayer. En 21 días queremos enfocar la oración. Now to help us do that we're actually tying into a national effort. With the National Day of Prayer, there are other churches all over our country that are doing this, and they have said, here's four things we want churches all over the country to pray for. So I've just taken those and said, yeah, we can pray for these too. And those four things are, first of all, pray for whatever is the greatest burden on your heart or in your life. Primero vamos a orar por la carga más grande en tu vida personal, sea lo que sea. Secondly, pray for people who need to know Jesus, people that you know who don't know Jesus. Oren por personas que no conocen Señor en su vida. Thirdly, pray for your church's health. Oren por la salud de su iglesia. And I'm going to kind of tweak that and say, let's pray for our church's financial health for 21 days and watch what God does. Vamos a orar por la salud económica de la iglesia. Jonathan kind of outlined the challenge there. Now we can do one of two things. We can wring our hands and say, oh dear, what will we do? Or we can pray. I'd like to pray. You guys can wring your hands if you want. I'm going to pray. Okay? Vamos a orar por la salud de la iglesia. And fourthly, pray for whatever else God would put on on your heart about your life or your future, whatever that might be. Pueden orar por cualquier otra cosa que el Señor ponga en su corazón. Now to help us do that, I've prepared a little prayer guide that should be inside your bulletin. If you don't have one, Uh, see an usher, and we'll try to get these into your hands. Tenemos una guía de oración. And basically, here's the idea. We're going to take one of those six phrases from the Lord's Prayer that Tony talked about, and each day make that kind of our focal point in prayer. So in one week, you'll pray through all six of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, the whole Lord's Prayer, and we'll use that to focus our prayers on these other requests that I talked about. Vamos a usar una petición cada día del Padre nuestro para enfocar nuestras oraciones. So basically, this is just to help you get started. And at the end of the week, what do you do? You go through it again. So we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer in three weeks, three times. Vamos a a, a seguir el Padre Nuestro tres veces en tres semanas. So if you have any questions about this, please let me know. And then here's, here's the added bonus. But wait, there's more, okay? We're going to be starting. I don't know if you know about this, but we have a class that meets every Sunday morning called our Faith Principles Class. It's one of the best kept secrets at sunrise. que se a de la mañana, cada domingo. And every Sunday at 8 30 a.m., they're in our classroom back there. Starting next Sunday, they're gonna be doing a study, a discussion of the Lord's Prayer. Question by question, section by section, looking at what the Bible has to say and using another tool called the Catechism, and we're going to be using that. Vamos a empezar un estudio del Padre Nuestro en esta clase, usando la Biblia y el Catecismo. We want to invite you, come, 8.30 in the morning, and learn more about what you're praying when you say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So, remember what I said earlier. What happens when currents collide? ¿Qué pasa cuando las corrientes chocan? There's a graveyard. But there's also a garden. A un cementerio y un jardín. We're living in very turbulent times, people. There is a lot of stuff getting stirred up in our day and age, and a lot of it isn't good. Estamos en tiempos turbulentos. There are a lot of currents around us that are strong. But Here's the thing. The current Of Jesus Christ is way stronger. Mm -hmm. La corriente del Señor Jesucristo es mucho más fuerte. And so, (laughs) let's be like those first Christians. Let's buck the current. Vamos a resistir la corriente. Let's pray first, foremost, always in the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. Vamos a orar siempre primero en el Espíritu Santo de Señor Jesús. In fact, join me in prayer right now. Let's do that. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, Jesus, we have to recognize that those people 2,000 years ago were no different than us. They were ordinary, unschooled people. And we're pretty ordinary too. The difference was not education or income because we probably have more than they did. Somos ordinarios como aquellos hace años. Aún mejor tenemos más educación, más dinero. But Lord, what they had is what we have today. We have Your presence, Jesus, through Your Holy Spirit. We have Your presence, O oh God. Help us, teach us to pray, oh Lord. Tenemos tu presencia, enséñanos a orar, Señor. Place us in the flow of how you want to move in this world to change things so that your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Ponnos en el fluir de tu plan para cambiar las cosas para que venga tu reino y sega tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Lord, I pray in the next 21 days as we as a church focus on prayer that there will be amazing things that you do. Give us boldness to speak out and to speak of you to others. Stretch out your hand to do amazing things, to do miraculous things that we can point to and say, see, look at that. That's Jesus. That's not us. Que hagas prodigios y señales, milagros y que nos permitas hablar sin temor alguno de Jesús. We thank you, Lord. Let us sing now and make this song our prayer as well. In Jesus' name, que podamos cantar en el nombre del Señor Jesús. All God's people say, amen.